Vayner Nation, what is good? Uh, my commitment to have interesting people that I wanna chop it up with continues in 2022. Uh, in person now, like, you know, we're starting to kind of get there. So we're in the office. Uh, very creative dude here. I'm gonna let him introduce himself and, and tell you a little about himself, but I have a fun feeling that this is gonna get into some uh, some good stuff. Right before we started recording, he, he just said, oh, I'm getting old, but he, but he looks great. He looks super young and oh, handsome, and I'll and his ear, you're wrestle, you wrestled. Uh, is that what your ear is or no? Uh, Jiu-jitsu. Jiu-jitsu, I see it. Jiu-jitsu. Every time I see that, you know, I tend to be weird about like getting into fights. Like I'm a- I would were, hope so. No, let me explain this. There was a little bit of like Brooklyn, where are you guys, Brooklyn? You were just Queens. There was a little Queens love back here on the production teams. They were giving, and it got very, Seth's accent even grew a little bit. Did you hear that? Dustin, Seth, Seth's Queen's accent came out a little bit yeah, when yeah. he figured out Mike and him were from the same neighborhood. Yeah. So I grew up very Jersey, 80s, and like got into a lot of fights. Like That's how we did it. It was different, and for some reason, I still, as a 46-year-old man, when I walk around Earth, especially under sports context where I know my emotions run wild, kind of size up people of like, am I willing to fight this really? person? And when I see the ear, I'm never interested in fighting. Smart man. When I see the ear, I'm like, that dude can do the that I have no shot in because I'm gonna try to get one lucky punch in and when I throw it, I'm gonna be on the ground because he's gonna shoot me <laughs> and I'm dead and I don't have the strength. The core strength is getting better but not there and I'm finished. So anyway, why don't you tell the Vayner Nation who you are, what you do. Give me a little like comic book number one, like a little little 411. The origin story? We'll get into that. Yeah, I was going to say, how you got yeah. it? But uh, yeah, name's Brendan Schaub. I'm a stand-up comedian, podcaster. Uh, I'm the owner, creator of uh, Thick Boy Studios, Thick Boy Network, where I, all my shows are uh, based under that. And uh, my number one profession is stand-up comedian. I tour all over. Uh, I just released a special, The Gringo Poppy, on YouTube on my Thick Boy channel, which was shot by my team, edited everything. Fully integrated, right? Everything, man. So, How uh, do you think about that as a young dude? How old are you? Uh, 38. So as a young dude, how not, do you think? Yeah, yeah but yeah. like, you know, maybe not 12, but like you got, you got 60 years on earth. So like, 60 more? Mm-hmm. You're, you're being generous. Name, name the biggest grandpa you know with cauliflower ears and full sleeve tattoos. Well, that's what every like gra- that's I'm what every grandpa is gonna look like in sixty years. At my size, I'm yes. like a, I'm like a Great Dane, dude. No, 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 yeah. no. Don't I, I run this. hard, man. Are, do you have the mindset of like I'm gonna go in my sixties, so go hard? Uh, I don't think I have that mindset. I think I'm realistic. You know, I, I do take care of myself. Modern medicine's insane, bro. I'm hoping that everybody used to die from. Yeah, it's hard. It's, it's harder to die from. They just know how to do shit now. True. the The lifespan is extending. It grows every. Like- so ho- and now they're getting into some weird ass shit. Like, like I feel, you know, do you know what my biggest fear on earth is? That, I, that in like nine years I'm gonna wake up and there's breaking news everywhere and they're like, we figured it out. And I'm, in nine years I'll be 55. So we figured it out. And if you're under 42, you can live forever. I'm gonna be so, 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 I'm gonna be like, <laughs> you know, like, it's super sad. Anyway, so stand-up comedy. Stand-up comedy, yep. When did that hit the rate? You're 30 and 46. So, like, was there a stand-up comedian or was there a moment or or did that come later? Like, when did stand-up comedy hit? Yeah, it came later for me. I, uh, background is sports. So, yeah, you got great size. Yeah, background sports. So, played Division One football, University of Colorado. No sh- Mm-hmm. Had oh, I- real 
football. Yeah. That's a real program. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Big two. Yeah. We were good, too. Yeah. When I was there, we were good. And then I had a cappuccino with the Buffalo Bills. Was had, a, had a shot in the NFL. Stop. Mm-hmm. Good for you. You DFA'd? Uh, I was free, free, free mm-hmm. agent. Yeah. 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 Yep. And so you went to camp? Went to camp. What year was that? That was, that'd been 2006. Talk to me about the, so I'm in the business. We rep a bunch of players, Vayner Sports. As a matter of fact, Mike McCartney uh, is one of our agents. His dad is the legendary coach of Colorado. Mike McCarthy, I know him very well. So, yeah, yeah, he's great. He represents my best friend uh, who's drafting the second round, Joe Kloffenstein. He's oh, yeah. the best. Yeah, so we, he just came over to Vayner Sports. He's great, man. We've been chasing him for five years. You so sh- pumped. He's the best. The best. I genuinely think he's the best agent in football. Agree 100%. As, and I think you get you obviously know him well, so you know what we were looking for, which is like, I need a great agent, but I need a better human being. I was just gonna I say, can't around with that. 100%, a lot of those agents, and Correct. it's across the board in, in sports, is it's a lot of those agents are slimy. It's shar- yeah, it's in, a in sharky game. Too. He it's is a not a shark, game. he's a good freaking person. The best. The so best. anyway, this is super fun. I, I just gotta ask you, like, that jump, you played D1 football. Mm-hmm. So that means you had a real high school career. Mm-hmm. Where'd you grow up? Uh, Aurora, Colorado. So, real high school career. Yes. To get to Colorado, mm-hmm. you you get you get to the place where even getting signed as a free agent post draft that is like a remarkable football player. Like I don't think people understand the scheme of eight billion people. You know what and, I mean? And, and it took me. I would say you know I'm 38. I would say recently in the past three years it took me. You know I've I have kids now, and when they ask me about stuff, it took me a long time to have that perspective where. Man, you did something a lot of people didn't do. Because right, to get t- there, the goal is to be Tom Brady. Correct. So by me not playing in an actual NFL you you game, failed. I feel like a failure. Yeah, that's and then, insane. And then I, I go, get it. Then I go from there to compete in mixed martial arts. I was in the UFC. I was a top 10 heavyweight in the world. And then I haven't talked about fighting, you know, again, probably a long time. I'd always shut it down when people asked me about it. Because, again, my goal was to be Cain Velasquez. You don't get to that level of just being like, oh, I just want to be in the top 10. That You can't settle for that. So it's taken a lot of work, a lot of growth, where I can look at my career in football, in the UFC, and realize that, man, that was a, that was a successful run. You did something pretty cool. Yeah. Good for you. Yeah. That makes me happy because I think... I think there's, I always think that my level of ambition and competitiveness, there's a good side to it and a bad side Correct. to it. And I think for whatever reason, the circumstances of DNA and parenting and the luck of the draw, I got lucky. Like, I wanna be the greatest in the world, comma, whenever I don't achieve anything that I'm like fully there for, there's a level of being content that I went at it that really gives me a little bit of balance. And I'm very aware that not everyone that has the insanity of, I played basketball last night. Mm-hmm. I played once, because I broke my foot at the All-Star Game three years ago. I've only played once half-ass at the Garden the other day for a Coinbase event. So this is the first time I played basketball in like three and a half years, four years, last night for two hours. You would have thought this pickup game, my life depended on yeah. it. I wanted to win so bad, it was like bleeding out of my, we lost the first game. You can't shut that off though. It's I just, don't. It's just in your DNA, I can't but, either. But to, to what you've achieved, like, I'm glad that you're at that place at such a young age because there are people who never like love themselves enough to go there. Correct. Yeah, and I, I think also like I wouldn't change anything. Like, no, of course not. If I would have got signed by the Buffalo Bills and had a five or six year career, or in the UFC, if I would have became champ or won my last fight, which was I don't, eight years ago, I you know I wouldn't be where I'm at now. Correct. Which is to me my true calling. 
but I had to go through in my journey to stand up and being a headline comic and were having you, specials. Were you a class clown? Yes, yeah. class clown. I grew up in Aurora, Colorado, which was predominantly like a black neighborhood. So to fit in, sports was the thing. And it was a double-edged sword for me because I was really I wasn't big as a kid. I was smaller, but I was really athletic. So I knew I could make friends by showing them how good I was at football. Sure. But my 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 heart and my passion was Saturday Night Live. Mm. I was obsessed with so it was comedy. SNL. SNL. Robin. My mom would uh, every Saturday we'd watch SNL, and then she always had me watch Robin Williams. So she loved comedy. She loved it. That's where I got my humor from. My, and she introduced me all that stuff. So. My heart wanted to be a comic, but I was really athletic, and it, it, t- it took me play- some great places. You also, again, based on what I know about your athletic career, <clears throat> I didn't know I didn't know you you got to go to camp. Obviously, I know about the UFC stuff. Um, I mean, that means in junior high or high school, you knew you had a shot. Yeah, I mean, you know, but but again. You know, when you're a kid and you're, I guess, gifted at football, the idea is to be the next John Elway or the next Tony Gonzalez. So my entire kind of identity at the time was surrounded to make it to the NFL. And I thought, if they just give me a shot, man, I'm going to be the next Tony Gonzalez. And then when you get there, you know, I was young. When you get there, you don't have that perspective. You, when you, my heart was broken. I'm a sensitive person. My heart was so broken when I got there and realized it was such a business. Mm. It was so savage. Because mm-hmm. <clears throat> I thought, I get there, you know, it's Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory, man. I'm the lucky one to get the golden ticket. This is going to be great. It's not great, man. It is it's such hard. a business. It's and hard. I was, the, I was not given a lot of opportunities, which, you know, at the yeah, time, I had so much yeah. animosity towards. Of course. But that's the business, man. Yeah. I so mean, when your dream is to get to the Willy Wonka's Chocolate Factory, and I get there, and you realize it's this, did it's you this get, meat did factory. You get, did you get any preseason snaps? No. That's, no, I got hurt. I got, got hurt. hurt, yeah. I hurt my hamstring. Went back home. We had some other. They released me. We had some other offers to, you know, go to the Dolphins or practice squad stuff. Yeah, practice squad stuff. And then, yeah, I've always been realistic with myself. And I, 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 I think my best trait, whatever it is, is I, I never just identify as that. So a lot of athletes, and you know this in the line you're in, a lot of athletes when they get done playing or if it ends for whatever reason, God forbid. They don't know how to not identify as, you know, an NBA player, right. uh, NFL player, UFC fighter. I never saw myself as just that. Ever, 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 ever. Do you think it's because you had this other passion? Did you, do you feel subconsciously or maybe consciously <clears throat> in the back of your mind, you're like, I'm going to get to comedy somehow? I think so. I think so because also in the UFC, I lost a fight and I knew like my surroundings were a little bit toxic and I, I need to make a change. And I grew up in Venice Beach as a kid. I, I grew up in Venice Beach. And for whatever reason, when I'd get to L.A., it just, I don't know what it is, it felt like home. That Even fucking, though I wasn't born there, but sunshine. I grew up there. there there's <laughs> something about it. The culture just. It just worked for you. That's me. That was your place. My heart is there. It's the way I feel about New York. Yeah, When my people heart are like, you know, now everyone's like, you're going to move to Puerto Rico or Miami, the taxes and all this. I'm like, are you f-ing out no. of your mind? Yeah. Like, I couldn't live anywhere in the world no. but New York. Like I tried to. I, I can't. I get it. I get it. It calls me back. It Good calls for you. me back. So, so you knew so, that so, was so there. I moved, I, when I moved to LA, um, I was a, a coach on the Ultimate Fighter at the time. Okay, yeah, that's right. And so when I was getting ready to move, um, during the Ultimate Fighter, one of the coaches, Nate Marquardt, who's a teammate of mine, 
brought in a comedian named Brian Callen. He brought in Brian Callen, and Brian's trying to make the kids laugh, right? They're, you know, it's a tough thing. I was on Ultimate Fighter. I, I was a contestant on there. was a finalist on Ultimate Fighter. So I know how hard it is for those yeah. kids. So they brought in a comic to make the kids laugh yeah. and, like, you Loosen know, up raise morale. Yeah. And uh, he's, you know, kind of, I don't know, roasting these guys or whatever. And then so I just kind of took this, you know, took the floor and started lighting him up and having this fun. And he's like, dude, you're funny, man. I was like, oh, thanks, dude. And he goes, uh, if you want to come to the show tonight, come on. I was like, he doesn't know this. So I was like, thank God, man. I'd love to see the comedy. <laughs> so I go see him. And then he goes, uh, man, if, if you're ever in L.A., hit me up, man. And he loves the UFC, so he knew who I was. So he goes, if you're ever in L.A., hit me up. I go, it's funny you say that. I'm actually moving there next week. And he goes, hit me up. So I, uh, I didn't want to tell my family that. In my head, I knew I was never coming back. But I told them, I'm only going for a month just to see <laughs> camps. Uh, just hang out on my dog and then I'll be back <laughs> was never happening. So I moved out there and then uh, I was staying at my uncle's place. And I remember I drove out. I had no friends. I had no idea what I was going to do. And uh, Brian. And How old were you at this time? <clears throat> Man, probably 25. Okay, keep going. Yeah, tw maybe 25, 24. I remember I get there and, you know, I don't have anything, man. Right. I, I remember I didn't have a lot of money, no, yep. none of that stuff. Living at my uncle's house, rent free. Mm -hmm. Felt like a loser coming off two-fight losing streak, you know? So I just remember I got to L.A. and I thought I made a terrible choice. I'm crying. And then I'm like, man, I don't know anybody here. What am I going to do? And I remember I had Brian's uh, cell phone number. And I text him. I go, hey, uh, got to L.A. I don't know if you remember me, man, but you, you want to meet for coffee tomorrow? It was like the only glimpse <laughs> of hope I had. And he responded back way too fast, way too eager. It was like, yeah, and sent me the address. Like, oh, Jesus Christ. So I meet him there. <laughs> yeah, way too eager. And so I meet him there. And then him and I. By the I, way, I'm also extremely eager. Like uh, all the cadence of what's appropriate. Like if I love someone or I just want to, like I don't give a. F I and I love. I, I think that's as as big and as famous and successful you are. I think it's rare because there's this. I'm the same way. There's this weird dance that people do where it's like an ego thing. I know. But when I text you, because I've been a fan for a while, when Thank I text you, you, um, you text me right back. <laughs> Dude, I was like, see. Because I figured I'd text you, and then, you know, two days later. And by the way, on the record for people listening who I haven't texted back, like, when you get 100 or 200, like, sometimes you just get unlucky and you miss Yeah. So thank God for this story purposes. Because yeah. if I see it. Correct. At the time. Otherwise, you're moving at a million miles an hour. It's and you just hard. Forget. I know, it's you hard. Feel bad. You know, it's a, like, yeah, just the way it is. Million. Anyway. So, yeah. So, uh, me and Brian meet for coffee, and he's like, uh, man, you're really funny, interesting. And he, at the, this is 12 years ago. He goes, uh, man, you should come on my podcast. I'm like, what the mm. hell's a podcast? Right, right, right. And he's like, that's like radio, but you record it. And I'm like, all right, dude. <laughs> so I go to his house out of his garage. And, you know, it's this yeah. little thing, no video at the time. Yeah. And we do the podcast. And we get done. He's like, dude, that's the best podcast. We have this weird chemistry. I'm like, I guess. And he's like, we should. Was that you protecting yourself? The I guess? Yeah. Or did, or did you see it? Uh, no. You, I, I, you scared to like. I, I mean, you, after, after you talk you, to so many people, you might be a nose. I, again, I think one of the things that um, one of the talents I have is I make friends really easily. So good. you and I are we're gonna be friends. Like I believe. I know it. you don't have time, but we're gonna be friends. It's, like you got by the way, a friend. The, num now. the number one thing I fight for is relationships. Me too. I don't it's, have a it's, lot of. I don't have a lot people. of time. Yeah. Because I try to fight for relationships mm -hmm. no, in whatever form: FaceTime, physical. Like yeah. you know, like I, I agree with you. Like yeah. that's what I fight for. Yeah. Yeah. So you weren't sure. You were like, maybe I'm just charismatic and he likes me. Maybe I don't have the skill set. 
Uh, a little bit yeah, for sure, especially to run that with a comedian. You know, yeah, Brian, yeah. especially at the time, yeah. Brian's big time yeah, comedian. He's on Mad TV. He's yeah. on all these shows. Yeah. And so Does you like him? So I saw your head nodding. Yeah, in the background. So the he goes, uh, "We should do a podcast every week together, once a week." And at the time, remember, I'm I'm still in the UFC. I'm pursuing a, a world championship. And I, I don't have time for that, man. He goes, no, no, no. I'm telling you, once a week, it's an hour. Man. Two seconds. Yeah. yeah. And I was like, uh, and he goes, we'll talk about fighting. And I, and that's, and I went, hey, listen, I'll do it, but I don't want to talk about just fighting. We can touch on it, but I want to talk, you know, I'm into fashion. I'm a sneaker head. You know, I like you cars. Be your full like, self. I, I just want it to be like yeah. a lifestyle thing. He's like, sure. So we start doing that thing, you know, gain yeah, traction. Like, I know. You know, at the time, especially there's like. Rogan, Mark Marin, I remember Corolla, and then us. You guys were really yeah, doing it, firing the kids. So that thing just kind of took off. And then remember, I was still competing in the UFC, but I realized there, like, I had a knack for it. And then we started doing live firing the kid live podcast. And uh, Brian would go, uh, "We're not going to sh- sit down and talk like we do. It's going to be a performance." And I go, "Yeah," I, I say, "That makes sense, man." He goes, "And here's what we're going to do. I want you to start every show, and you're really good at storytelling." I just want you to tell a story every show, 10 minutes, a story. Well, I can do that. And then, you know, few shows go by. We're doing big venues. Like, you know, my first time ever on stage, I'm at the Vic Theater in Chicago. Like, wow. you know, sold out. And so those were my open mics. But at the time, the way he framed it, just telling stories, man. You can tell mm-hmm. stories. And then I'll never forget, we're, we're some big-ass theater in Seattle or something like that, <laughs> Neptune. And I go, oh, man, I'm trying to go over my story, man. It's like 10 minutes before the show. And I'm trying to go over my story. He goes, story? I hear he goes, oh, Bubba, you're doing stand-up. I just want you to be scared. And it clicked. It. Like, Holy And then he, does, he didn't realize at the time what that meant to me. It meant and I was everything. Like, Here we go, dude. That's it. This is you it. You found your home. I, this is it. Let's and then shortly after that, I'll wrap it up. Yeah, on yeah, this. Shortly ahead. after that, we do a, a live firing the kid at the comedy store. The infamous mm. comedy store, which is like the Mecca. Yeah, it's the. I've it's always, like the garden. Yeah, I've always, I've always wanted to be there, man. And all, I don't even do stand up. I'm like, I got to do the comedy store. Yeah, all I my die. friends are there. Yeah, it's, it's, it, you know, it's a yeah. big feather in your cap. So we do a, a live fire kid there, and it goes well. And I, I do my 10 minutes at the top. A few weeks go by, I get a call from the booker, Emily. Never forget mm. this, changed my life. She goes, Hey, seeing if you want to do a spot in the belly room on Wednesday, you, get, you have six minutes. And in my head, and I respond back, this is how oblivious I was. I respond back, I go, Oh, let me check with Brian. He might be out of town. She goes, no, dude. We you. saw your set. Do it. We want you to come here and do it. And I was like, oh, the comedy store? So I go there, and that was like my first technical set, which was almost eight years ago. Yeah. It's awesome. And that was off. Then, I'm, then again, you, you give me an inch. You just give me an yeah. inch. Get that and opening. I'm gonna freaking run with it, man. Back to if you could have gotten some snaps and pre that which is probably why it probably burned. Yeah. Let's talk about that. I wanna give I've been very hot on this new thesis of giving out roses while everyone's alive. Like explain that. I just see people dying and just like outpours and just like even like forget about famous people, Kobe, Prince, David Bowie, just like in my life. Like, you know, I got into the liquor business when I was a kid. A lot of people were 40 when I was 14 and, you know, or 70 and just watched people that I grew up in in business. I was so young, you know, pass because they were in their 50s when I met them and I was 20. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I just, something that just hit me, which is like, we tend to hold in the roses how we feel, mm-hmm. genuinely feel, yeah. yeah. And I think we, society right now is very good at pointing fingers and razzing each other. And so I'm just, you know, I always think I'd like- I'd love to talk to you about that eventually, yeah. So I'm very excited about just like, 
giving out roses. So I have a fun, a couple fun questions for you on roses. Mm-hmm. You go to camp, Buffalo, mm-hmm. or maybe it happened in college because that would make sense. It depends on how much time you spent at camp before you got hurt. Um, who was the best football player that you ever saw? Like, if I said, who's the best football player that that I, that I played with or against? You saw that you saw with your own eyes from the field, not in the crowd. Sure. So that means maybe it was in camp with the Bills. Mm-hmm. Maybe it was against the best team you played when you were at Colorado. Because it, obviously it takes it, you know, given that you played at Colorado and went to camp, you've seen professional football players yeah. play. So if I just said best player you saw play. Uh, there's a two-part question there. Yep. So played against that I saw in person, uh, it would be 1A, 1B. It'd be uh, Adrian Peterson, yeah. which I didn't. I didn't realize at the time how he. he so we played Oklahoma when in the Big Twelve Championship yeah. when they had Jason White Heisman Trophy winner, yeah. and then Adrian Peterson Heisman yeah. Trophy winner. Yeah. Then went on to win the national championship. Yeah. We played him the game before. Yep. Yeah. And I, I knew he was good. Obviously, you know, we saw film on him and stuff like that. And when I saw him in person, uh, you know, you, you're talking. It just felt different. He looked different, moved different. You're just like what? In the- <laughs> And the, I get it. He's such a tank, and the speed, he, and he's big, big the speed, real big. And then can, he's agile, and you're just like, oh my god! You're like, that is a star football player. Yeah, I was like, yeah. That, that's 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 an a different pro. dude. Yeah, but even that 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 didn't discourage me because I was like, yeah, well, yeah. that's an all pro. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, I don't yeah. need to be all pro. I just need to be, just a, be yeah. on the goddamn team. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and then as Who's far 1B? as one B play one B with someone who I played with, and even that's one B one C would be uh, Joe Kloffenstein, who was my yeah. roommate and best friend. Yeah. He was drafted by the Rams. McCarthy mm-hmm, was his mm-hmm, uh, agent. Mm-hmm. And uh, he played, I think, seven years in the NFL. And you just a complete a freak. Freak. Awesome. freak. I mean, you're talking, again, my, my best friend, the worst diet you've ever seen. Eats Dunkin' <laughs> Donuts every morning. 6'6", 260, shredded. It's frustrating. Shredded. <laughs> doesn't, you know. Donuts. Like, yeah, didn't give a shit. Just eats whatever. Sh- shredded and then ran a four, five, three in the 40 at 260. Insane. The combine, he takes his shirt off. You're like, Jesus. UFC, MMA. Who hurt you the most on a single punch? Again, in the octagon? Mm Mm-hmm. Roses. Roses. Yeah, roses. Uh, With a a little (laughs) humility. Roses for punch you in the face. Yeah, roses. This is easy easy for me to do. And you know this. I mean, you know this better than I. I grew up a huge fight fan. Okay, like boxing. Yeah. And so when you, I mean, I watched watched UFC number one. Mm -hmm. When it was a you know, because I was the right age. It was, was my like, this hometown. Is, yeah, it was like crazy. Was and then yeah. uh, Vayner Sports is also in the fight game. We rep, we rep Aljamain Sterling, Love him. Uh, O'Malley. Like we have a water Michelle. Like we have a real practice. Stepe. Like we have a big practice. Like, yeah, UFC. I'd love to talk to you about that. Yeah, we'll too. talk yeah, about that. So, that. so you know, you know this. Like, what's funny about punches is sometimes it's the equilibrium. It's, it's like the back lands. of it. Exactly. Correct. You can get drilled here and be open, but the back of the head Correct. catches people. Even I just did it to myself. I'm a little like you know yeah. like. So it's not like, it's just a weird, sometimes it's just a weird thing, so. Correct, and I, I think this might surprise people that are familiar with my career, because, you know, uh, Antonio Nogueira, big nog, I yep. fought in Brazil. Yep. And, uh, you know, he knocked me out. Yep. But it didn't hurt. It didn't I understand. Feel it. But when I got hit by uh, Roy Nelson, he landed a right hand, um, he threw a double jab and then a right hand, it, it hit me flushed. That was the first time where it inside the octagon because your adrenaline's so high. So high. That was the first time I was like, oh, can't do that again. Jesus Christ. <laughs> That's and then so he ended cool. Up, that hit me right <laughs> in the chin. 
Yep. And, uh, you know, first fight in the technically in the UFC, not, because the ultimate fighter, they don't count yeah, as yeah, real yeah. fights. Yeah. So that was the finale. John Jones was the co-main event. Yeah. I was the yeah, main yeah. event against Roy yeah. Nelson. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I was when the fight, he lands that. And I was like, oh, holy. Oh, wow. This is real, dude. You know, first time I've been hit in a fight. I was like, oh, this is real. And then uh, he lands the one that uh, ended up winning the fight. And, but that, that one didn't hurt. It was behind the air, to your point. Yeah. Behind the air. But you lose the yeah. But the, exactly. the, the one that was flush yeah. from Roy Nelson, yeah. Now, when you talk about roses, uh, which, I, which I absolutely love, I would say that's one thing that I do well. I, I tell, especially close friends, every time, whether it's text, when we leave, I love you, man. I do it too. I love you, I'm man. I'm a big fan every, of it. I love you, man. Every, and it might be, for some people, it's awkward. I love you, man. Like what? Did you guys? I'm, Dude, I'm not make sure I've done it to ago. you guys. Like, was it was it weird the first time? First, first time. It was right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you don't. Yeah. It, it's so na- like I've only in the last five. I I've been doing it for so long. Like my college friends are like, because I like brought it up. Like they're like. You did that in college. I'm like, I did. Like, I've been doing it for so long. Me too. But then they I just knew- thought I was gay. <laughs> <laughs> but it was like, you know, it's like, it's really nice. It's cool nice. now, but. It's really nice. It's yeah, nice. Yeah, but also, I think it, 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 it's how you grew up. You know, I think there's a lot of it has to do with your parents being comfortable with that stuff. So if you do it to someone that did not grow up with that love and affection, that's where they're like, Jesus, take it easy, dude. Talk to like, me I about just met you two t- days ago. I get it. Love you, t- man. Talk to me about stand-up. Biggest, like, obviously it's such an adrenaline thing. It's, like, so cool. Like, I've, I've thought about stand-up, even mm-hmm. though the way I give keynotes is very affected by Eddie Murphy and Chris Rock and and especially Richard Pryor, who I was obsessed with. And I've seen those, and this is your roses, is what you're so brilliant at and which what makes your favorite comic so brilliant, too, is they can get from point A to B with the with cutting the fat so they get it's very clear and they can get there where most people can't so yeah. if you look at a nate bargatze you look at bill burr uh krista stefano they're great at getting to where they need to get in the shortest amount of time with the shortest amount of words but they're very powerful and you my friend are damn good at that thank you talk to me about the biggest or if i said name a biggest laugh because it might be hard you've been like you know but like that like the first time you work on, like what's, what I find fascinating is the work. I'm so improv, like when I think about rap, I'd be like, oh, I'd be going off the top of the dome. I'd yeah. be like, t- you know, like go into the studio, bang it out and be out. Yeah. Other people really write. Yes. You know, obviously the same thing with comics, there's different styles. Yeah, big time. Tell me a story, because this, this is a fun story for me, something you really worked on and it destroyed. Uh, does anything come to mind if I ask you that? Yeah, it does. Because yeah. I think, you know, they, they any comic, especially in New York, you know, there's so many legends there. They'll tell you, you really don't find your voice on stage until you've been to 10 years. So mm. around seven. The only caveat with that is, remember, especially when those older heads started, they were doing open mics. It was tough for them to get on stage. So the amount of time I've spent on stage in seven years, probably equal to most comedians, 12 to 14 years doing it. Because I was... And it, I'm super blessed, and I'm not taking this for granted, but because I had somewhat of a name, yeah. I was able to get on stage yeah, more sense. than these other comics. So as far as biggest laugh, I, I, I'll, have some, <clears throat> I'll have something written down in my head where I think it, and I have to learn the hard way, where I'll have it written out word for word, and I'd study that, and I'd do it in the mirror, I'd do it in front of my robotic. wife. Yeah, and yeah, you get out there, and people are like, Jesus yeah, Christ, dude. Yeah. And then once I loosen up, and I'm just 
going over. You got some, the you got the beat. You got the core of it. Now, if you if you look yeah. at my notes that are on my phone or on my paper, like, it's just bullet points, mm-hmm. and then I can riff from there, and I know mm-hmm. the beats and stuff that like makes that. Makes sense. So I've had times where I've written it out. And I thought I was gonna crush, and I didn't. And then I'll I'll just kind of cap, go uh, you know right field with it and have fun with it, and it you know for me especially doing it as now seven years. Once I started telling like my truth, like being married to a Latina and having Mexican kids and being a dad, like once I start telling stand up that's actually relatable to the audience, I found for me like I was getting laughs where I didn't think it was gonna be like being a dad and it would be, <laughs> right. like I didn't think, but, but that's what works. Of course. So when I have a, an idea and it hits me and I'm like, I'm gonna try it out tonight, whether it's at the comedy store and I have to follow, you know, Chris D'Elia or Mark Marin or Louis C.K. the other night at the Hollywood Improv. And if you, you, I try something new and I get this huge laugh, dude, it's like, it's, it has to be like, like hitting a right? home run. It has yeah. to be like hitting a home run. 100%. Yeah, you're like, oh, I got something and I can elaborate on this? What about acting? You think you have that gear in you? Are you interested in that gear? Or do you think that's like a different thing altogether that you're like, whatever? Yeah, I've never disrespect and respect, oh, I can act. But <laughs> I do think, uh, you know, I, I've, I've had uh, a small role in a David Ayers movie. Um, and did I saw, like, did you like it? I saw the sausage too, was made. Yeah. And it was, I, my takeaway from that, I think, again, I can, I think there's positives with everything. You know, I was basically an extra. I played a cartel guy and they had me had a mask <laughs> on. It was, you know, I looked like a giant Mexican <laughs> cartel member yep. and, uh, it's just so serious and I'm not that serious of a person. And it was like, hurry up and was wait. Was it too slow? It, you just took it. Hurry I, up and I, wait. I did, I did a show called planet of the apps for Apple like years ago with will. I am. Uh, Jessica Alba and Gwyneth Paltrow mm-hmm. and I was the fourth judge and like those are like big ass names and it was on Apple and I had dreams that they were gonna buy Netflix before they aired sure. the show. Like I had all these concepts. Like four people watched it because they put it on Apple Music. Yeah. But we did the show and I just couldn't believe how slow it was. Yeah. I'm too much of a psycho of speed and do, like Do you think it's a co- uh, control thing? I just think the TV has its way. They know what they're trying to get. Like it's a it's a it's a platform thing. Yeah, I think you're you right on I that. Mean? And I think for me it was like uh, a bit of an ego check too, which I didn't you know care about because Shia LaBeouf's on set and all these big actors and yeah. seeing them. Again, the positive was I, I I saw how good Shia LaBeouf. I saw him die in the movie. and They had to do it eight times, and that was the only thing they shot all day. And my scene got cut at the time, so I'm just watching him. I just. I appreciate talent so much. Yeah. And when I, I would watch him, it's like, oh my God, this guy <laughs> cool. is so talented. And then David Ayers, who did, you know, Training Day and yep. uh, End of Watch and Fury, like such a monster and Suicide Squad. I, and I told him this, and we don't know each other well, but I told him this. I said, I've had some great coaches in my life, man, as far as being able to yeah. manage, like when it comes to football, like being a head coach and being able to manage all these personalities and, you know, the offense coordinator, defense coordinator, and putting a game plan together. I said, you're the, the best I've seen as far as communication, mm. being direct with guys, and but also not being too harsh, knowing exactly what works with this actor and that actor. I said, I, I've never seen anything like him, man. You're, you're a head coach. You're, you're an offense coordinator, man. It's cool. Yeah. So that, so that was cool, but to your point, yeah, the hurry up and wait, and it was so serious. I think it was like a, a a comedy thing with my friends, which we could do. I think that'd be so much fun. I'd be interested in that. But um, yeah, I, you know, I, I, I think media is moving where everyone has their niche and there's these lanes and, you know, if it depends, you know, but if you can control the narrative and control what you want to put out. 
Well, that's a market know, to me. Like that, I take pride in I, that. I was listening carefully to like, Hey, I put out a special and it's like, I'm in full control. That's very different than doing it on Netflix or Hulu or something of that nature. I value that. I'd rather have less distribution and more control. And, and, and I, again, I'm a fan of yours. So one of the reasons I said that is because I, if anybody could relate to that and, 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 you know, and be like, oh, that's cool, it would be you because. I have a lot of awareness with no massive distribution channel. It's been all done in the trenches. Yeah. Because I think the collective of the trenches, <clears throat> LinkedIn and TikTok and YouTube and podcast and Twitter and Instagram, collectively, if you do it the way I do it, adds up to some of the biggest distribution plays. It's hard, like I'm empathetic that I like have good improv, uh, chameleon, contextual skills to yes. play all those channels. Yep. But it's cool for everybody listening right now, like it's hard to play the game of distribution because you have to be picked, it gets diluted, it needs to work for the distributor, and that loses a lot of soul. Correct, and you know, with comedy, especially with, with my background, man, be, being an athlete and having cauliflower ears and full sleeve tattoos, and I, you know, I dress like a, a, a boy, for lack of a better term. Yeah. I'm a sneakerhead. You know, I look yeah. ridiculous. So, you know, being this big. I'm, <laughs> the fact I'm, that we both have backwards hat and teeth. I like, put on backwards. Minute, boy, like, I, I got excited. I, I, I put on backwards just so we look exactly alike. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but, um, you know, so, for, you know, when I first started, you know, I'm a tough sell man. Yeah, and I, I get And it. I get that. So, yeah. My goal, it's the same. You know, that right the there, same I'm concept. sorry to interrupt. Go ahead. That right there, that little sentence, mm -hmm. and I get that, is the number one thing that I see. For all the kids that are listening right now, I want to rewind that part. I know we don't edit, so you don't have to rewind it, but literally, the, and I get that, I, so much has been like filled in for me from watching from afar, listening to you in this podcast. I believe that. What you just said is the most important part of your success. I believe it's the most important part of my success. Mm -hmm. We have ambition, we have drive, we wanna make things happen, but self-awareness. For you to say Very blah, 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 but I get that. Mm -hmm. For everybody who's listening, when you think the world doesn't get it, and you're right, and everyone's wrong, you're in deep. I've seen how that goes for right? guys. Right? Yeah, I'm, I'm very self-aware. So you know, when I'm doing spots at the comedy store, I, again, I think maybe because, you know, I'm very uh, closely associated with Joe Rogan and Joey Diaz and yep. Tom Segura and Chris DeLitt, the big dogs. So they would treat me a different way where really I shouldn't have been treated like that. And I, again, I'm very aware, like, I don't deserve this treatment. So I, You were I, like turtle in like entourage, you, like the, yeah, the halo effect. Yeah, I, dude, I was the punter on the football team. Like, mm -hmm. I'm on the team, but I don't really deserve mm -hmm. a ring. You know mm -hmm. what I'm saying? I, I'm not going through the but, trenches but, like but, these guys. But getting, you know. But I'll other, get there. The humility of that, like again, I'm, I'm sorry, but I really want to drill this for the people listening on the other side. Not getting a high in your own, like I, you know, it's not obvious, you have to kind of know me, but like no doubt, it is humility that is making my whole engine go. Yes. I'm confident I got bravado, I go at it, yeah, right? But it is humility. Like, genuinely knowing I don't mean Yeah. Like, I'm very aware. Like, I see it, and it's a superpower. So, for, listen, you may think you're special, you got it. That's awesome. Confidence is everything. You match that up with real self awareness and humility, which leads, that self awareness leads to patience. Yes. Like, I get that I'm not everyone's cup of tea yet. Yeah. That I'm gonna have to earn I'll it, they're gonna there. have to get to know me under the hood. 
that's powerful yeah, all my, these kids my main thing was when i got around all those comics and i was doing comedy and i knew it was gonna be a tough sell for a lot of people i my number one goal was i'm gonna earn the respect of my peers yeah. and the only way by doing that is they see me working my ass off on the field yeah so i would go up to the booker whether it was the improv or laugh factory or the ice house or the comedy store and go hey i'll i'll be a guy man i'll be a guy and I'll, I'll, I'll work however you want me to work and i do not care i'll go on at and midnight. you knew they were going to say yes to that they look at you like yeah you're yeah, guy, yeah. right i'll go smart i'll, I'll go it's on smart. A, i'll go on at midnight it's i smart. do just let me do the work let me earn my keep here and if it's not a fit if you think i'm bad at this let me know man but i'm telling you give me an inch humility i'm gonna take a mile man. humility yeah tell me about this tour before we get out of here. Tell you about what? Your uh, Charlotte and all this stuff that you're about. Oh, to yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so, uh, you know, it's a whole new hour after the special. Uh, the special is the Gringo Poppy on YouTube, Thick Boy YouTube. And uh, the tour, you know, I'm in Charlotte this Thursday, Friday, Saturday. And then I go to Philly. And then it's Portland. And I'm all over, man. But a whole, whole new hour. Where can people find that in case they want to go check it out? Uh, go it's on, on your social. Uh, you, on, where's yeah. the best place to find it? Uh, YouTube. If you type What's in Thick Boy. What's the tour from when to when? Uh, nonstop. I mean. You you're just, going. Yeah. Nonstop. Nonstop. You love it. Oh, obsessed. But again, it's a balance because you have kids. So yep. it's like I, I struggle with this balance where I don't want to miss, miss anything with my kids' life because they're six and two. I, and then also being the next. Can I, can I say something that might help you? Sure, please. There was this young woman in, the, in Singapore after a talk I gave. It was with my sister on this trip. And just some of the people from the organizer, we went to this dinner and there was like 20 people at the table. And this young, maybe she was 25, she talked about her mother being a judge. I think it was Singapore, it might have been Malaysia. And she talked about her mom working every minute. And I was like really listening because obviously, you know, I also want to go at it. And she said, you know, it was hard at times as a kid. She goes, but my mother showed me how to live instead of told me how to live. Yes. I really think for a lot of the parents that are listening out there, there is no work-life balance. There's just work-life balance for you. Mm -hmm. It all looks different. It's all mm -hmm. individual. But I, I do think that a lot of parents in their concern, anxiety of like, am I doing it right? Yes. Really miss that nuance that that young Leading lady told me. by example, yeah. Like, you know, it's a really interesting insight that I've like took that nugget and then I've watched for the last four, five, seven years. Mm -hmm. It really resonates. And I think for people that are on fire trying to do it's gonna impact your kids more than you think. Now that doesn't mean miss every recital and game and no. never be there and like that. I'm telling you, I, I can't. You know, I, there's a and I was talking to Bert Kreischer. I don't know if you mm -hmm. know Bert, but you know Bert goes, man. I, you know, I've missed so much of my kids' childhood and and I said, what I struggle with Bert is so this is the longest I've been away from my kids on doing this press tour and then I yep. go to on tour. You know, that's a, a full week, seven days. I, and I need to talk to somebody about it. I, I get physically ill if I don't see my Good kids. For you. Man. Yeah, it's. it's Good. And, I you're, my, and it, you're lucky compared to parents agreed. of g different generations. FaceTime's crazy. Mm -hmm. Like, it's a crazy revelation yeah. for parents that are on the road. There's a lot of things. I get it. Good for you. You know yourself. I mean, I, look, I'm incredibly close to my dad. Like, love really? him. To, like, oh. Yeah. Like, built his business yeah. <laughs> because I loved him. Like, wanted it for him. Yeah. And, and, I didn't even see my dad in the first 15 years of my life. Mm -hmm. Even though he slept in the same roof as me every night. He just left before I woke up and got home after I went to sleep. He worked that much. Oh, and so obviously I'm very affected by that. I'm like, there's just, you know, I know kids who despise their parents or struggle with For them sure. and they were with them every day and they went to everything. Yeah. So 
intent and love trumps everything, but that, that one thing of like, she showed me how to live, really struck with me. All right, my team's hovering all over me. I got a ton of shit to do. Sorry, man. I no, you. I sorry, nothing. I appreciate it. I'm enjoying yeah. the shit out of this. Yeah. We'll chop up again. Appreciate it, man. Thanks Love you, man. Show. Love you too, there brother. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> awesome.